and welcome to Conversations with Sports Fans. I'm your host, Doug Hill, and in today's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Tim Martin. Tim worked in, the, in sports journalism for almost 30 years, including uh, time as a sports writer and sports page designer at the Ann Arbor News, which is where I met Tim. He was the chief clerk at the Miami Herald for a year and a sports copy editor at the Palm Beach Post for 10 years before taking a buyout as the industry started to collapse. Tim is active in a softball league where he served four years as its chairman. Tim retired from coaching at the end of last year, is a member of the South Florida Amateur Athletic Association, where he currently serves as the Hall of Fame chair and remains the main reporter for the league's national association. Tim has lived in the Fort Lauderdale area for 17 years and currently works in academics at a local university. While we might touch on some other topics this evening, including the fact that Tim has now played organized baseball or softball for 53 consecutive years, Tim's with us today for one specific reason, and that's a magical day he spent on the grounds of Augusta National Golf Club during the final round of the Masters in 2014. Tim, welcome to Conversations with Sports Fans. Thanks, Doug. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for asking me. Well, I'm just delighted that you said yes, and I'm looking forward to hearing um, with more than a little bit of uh, um, jealousy on my part what that day was like nine years ago. So, Green with envy, literally. Yeah, green, <laughs> quite, quite literally. Quite literally in this case. So how did the, how did this come to be? I mean, not just going to Augusta National to to visit, but also to be there for Championship Sunday. How did that come to pass? Well, Doug, as you know, because we've known each other for for many decades, I like to talk to people, and talking to people is what got me invited. Um, it was a it was a Sunday bowling league. Um, we were bowling against uh, another team. And I got struck up a conversation with the guy because he he was he had a master's shirt on, and I said, "Where'd you get the master's shirt?" Because I know you can only really get the merchandise on the property. He goes, "Oh well, I mean, my family has tickets, and we go every year." I go, "You get to go to the Masters every year?" He goes, "Yeah," and I go, "Well, you know, one of these days you should take me." And he said, "Okay," and I'm like, "All right." Never thought a thing about it. Year goes by. Another year goes by. George finally says, hey, Tim, guess what? I go, what? I've got two tickets. Don't know what day yet. It could be a practice round because that's the way it goes. I mean, it's, it's kind of a lottery thing. You don't know what day you're going to get. He goes, my, my, my family member doesn't want to go. I mean, I've gone 18, 19, 20 years. I would be excited to go with someone who has never been before. And I go, George, you just name the time and place and where I need to be and we'll be there. So as the time drew closer, he, he finally said to me, he goes, I got a real big surprise for you. I go, what? He goes, the tickets I drew were Sunday at the Masters. And I'm like, holy, you know what? <laughs> and I'm like, I cannot wait. And, you know, we, we got in the car. We, 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 we left from Fort Lauderdale. We drove. Uh, we drove to Augusta. So it was, a, if I remember correctly, it was like an eight or nine hour trip. And, you know, the last two hours, you know, through the Georgia area there, I mean, it was just trees. There wasn't much, much to look at. Trees and churches. And, you know, we, we pulled into Augusta. And Augusta is this small, sleepy town. I mean, you, you would think that it's, you know, some big grand place. It really isn't. It's got a main street with a lot of restaurants. It's got a lot of housing. It's got a big hill. Um, in a, in, you know, that, that the richer people live on top of the hill. And 
you know, the, the not so rich people live at the bottom of the hill. And every now and again, when you turn a corner on the expressway, you could get a, you could see a little piece of Augusta, you know, you look through the trees a little bit, you know, you could see a fairway, but you know, they really have it cloistered off where you can't look inside the golf course at all when you're outside of it. So it's hard to get a view inside of the course. So, you know, we pulled in, you know, we, we, we got our hotel room. We had a nice meal. Um, next day was the big day. I don't remember sleeping much, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I was that excited to get there. And, you know, and George is like, you know, you know, Tim, you know, it, it, it really is nothing. I go, George, maybe it's nothing to you because you've done this 18 times. You know, it's something to me. I mean, this is something I've always dreamed of doing. So we got up early. We had a big breakfast at like six, six o'clock, you know, before the sun was up. Got to the area, you know, there's parking outside. Can't bring your cell phones in. No cell phones allowed. If you if you try to walk in with a cell phone, they will confiscate your cell phone. So I was a little upset about that because I wanted to take pictures, but I also understood the rules. So we got to the area, we walked in, um, we walked past the concessions, and we, you know, we went down a stairway and we literally walked right into Amen Corner. And Dougie, TV does it no justice at all. No justice. You just stand there kind of behind the 12th tee. Uh, and you're looking down. You, you know, you can see to your left the 11th fairway sloping down, you know, onto the green with the pond there. You're behind the 12th tee, so you can you can see the green over, over the creek. You can then see the tee box on 13. You know where they where they where they where they try to cut the corner. You know on that par five. Sure. But the just the the greens and the colors and the birds chirping and not a blade of grass out of place. I mean, it really was a cathedral, and you felt like you were on holy ground. And I just stood there for fifteen minutes and took it in. We didn't do anything in those those first fifteen minutes. You know, George is like, well, let's go get something. Go, George. Give me a minute here to absorb this. You know, I want to take it all in, you know. I And now that I'm talking about it, I can picture it again in my head very clearly what it looked like and what it sounded like and what it smelled like and what it felt like. And it was just, uh, you know, just for those first 15 minutes, it was just absolutely tremendous. It's um, interesting that you say that because I was thinking and as I was getting ready for today's conversation, um, I remember watching this golf tournament on really cruddy TVs back in the day, as I'm sure you did. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it came a long way when we were introduced to high definition and, and bigger screens. And it certainly, you could see everything much more clearly, but you're telling me even beyond that, it's, it's something. TV does it. No, I, I, I can't say it any more clearly than that. TV does that place. No justice. <clears throat> and what I, it, it also sounds to me is, as I hear you explain and, and describe going in and kind of getting that first visage of everything. And you and I are both products of the Detroit area and probably both recall our first trip into Tiger Stadium. And yep. that first time, you know, either up or down a tunnel and being able to see the green and hear the sounds and the smells, the same thing, only much grander and much more. It sounds like um, more of a religious experience, even. You know, it really kind of was. And, you know, I'm not that big of a religious guy anymore. But, you know, in that moment, I, I thought to myself, boy, God was really on his game this day when he created this place. Yeah. 
so you take it in, you're there for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. You kind of are just absorbing. You, you have George probably idling nearby. Um, <laughs> what, what is, what is your first move after that? What, what do you want uh, to see? What do you want to do? I tell you, you know, I, I, I told George, I go, I want to start at the beginning. I want to go to the first tee. We'll start there and we'll walk the course. And he looked at me, he goes, you want to walk this course? I go, yeah. Why? What's wrong with that? Well, <laughs> little did I know, um, there's probably two flat areas on the entire golf course. The rest of the golf course is, is just hill up, hill down, hill around, bend this way, bend that way. I mean, it's a it's a it, it, it's a hard walk. I, mean, I I now have a better appreciation for the players who play the game, and also for their caddies who haul all their stuff. That you know. It can be exhausting. Now I understand why Tiger Woods with a bad knee can't participate in something like the Masters because he can't walk the course. Well, now I know why after yeah. walking. So he went to the first tee. I, I forget who was teeing off. Um, it was I think it was a couple of European players that I, I don't even remember what their, who their names were. Um, you know, and it's so funny. It was It's almost like it was a garden party. I mean, this, I've been to golf tournaments in Michigan. You know, I've covered golf events in Michigan. And this was nothing like going to a, a, to a, a Ford Open or whatever. I forget what the master, the major was there in Dearborn. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's also the Buick Open that I went to in Flint. This was nothing like that. I mean, people were dressed to the nines. You know, the ladies were in, you know, nice clothing and, you know, the big hats. Everybody had two cocktails in their hand. And I didn't know why at first. Because when you go up to get a beer, I went and got a beer. And and the, the prices on, on the food there is just sickeningly uh, inexpensive. A beer was like two bucks. The pimento sandwich was a dollar. They do that on purpose for the patrons. Because like I was trying to say, this was more of a cotillion. I mean, this is more of a gathering where, where golf was kind of in the background. Yeah, you had your diehards who absolutely did watch the golf. But you had people like George, who've been going there for years, don't really care about the golf all that much, but they go for the party. So when I got a beer, I, I ordered a beer, and the guy says, don't you want two? He goes, what do you mean? He goes, everybody who comes up here gets two beers at a time. I go, well, twist my arm. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a couple of beers. I got a, a pimento sandwich. And what was the other sandwich? There, was two, there were two options. Probably egg salad. Egg salad, egg salad. So there was the pimento and egg salad sandwiches. So I had to try both. The egg salad sandwich was all right. I went back and got four more pimento sandwiches during the uh, course of the day. They were just delicious. And, you know, I may have gotten a few more beers during the day as well. But, you know, that was the initial, you know, first tea, get a couple of beers, get a couple of sandwiches, and away we go. So, you know, I just kind of moseyed down the first fairway to the first green, watched a couple of players, you know, chip on and putt out. Kind of walked around the first green to the second tee box, watched him, you know, hit that, and so on and so forth. The cool part was when I, I think I was, I, I got to the, uh, the hole five, and I believe that's a par three. That's the, you know, the, it's on a hill, and you know, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a downhill shot. And when you're on the tee box, and I was standing next to the Corey Ma uh, uh, Rory McIlroy, and I remember thinking, what a small guy he is. I mean, because you know you don't. These golfers, you see them on TV, but you don't really, you know, when you see them up close and personal, they may not be as large as you think they are. Well, Corey's, I mean, Rory's just this like little wisp of a guy. 
who, you know, swings a pretty mean golf club. So we watched him tee off and, you know, all you could see was like a, a few of the, of the, of the patrons. Remember, they're not, it's not the gallery at the masters, they're patrons. A few of the patrons around the fifth green. What you didn't see underneath that hill was there are thousands of people underneath that hill sitting and watching the shots, but you can't see it from the fifth tee box. You huh. don't see it until you actually go down the fairway to the fifth green and you look back up and you go, oh, where'd all those people come from? <laughs> but, you know, one of the amazing things is, you know, you you really don't have, as we would see at the Flint, the Buick Open in Flint, you know, the, the guys at the cards holding them up or the, you know, the quiet. The quiet, crowd. please. Yeah, yeah. They don't do that at the Masters because they know. The patrons know when to shut up. So that was kind of remarkable to, 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 to watch that and take it all in. Um, then, you know, continued the track, you know, went to the sixth, went to the seventh. And the seventh hole was, was pretty funny because, uh, you know, a couple of times during it, you know, you're, you're able to cross the fairway at the crosswalks. So you can actually stand in a fairway and imagine a shot that you're taking, you know, as an approach to the green. And, you know, I played that first nine in my head. <laughs> I think I ended up scoring something in the low 80s, four putting every green. <laughs> but just to stand there in the fairway, you know, pretending to have a club in your hand and, you know, eyeing the shot and seeing the flag. And it's like, here I am at Augusta National standing in the seventh fairway, imagining taking a shot. And it was just, it was just remarkable. Yeah, I, I mean, I had the, fortune of being able to be at a practice round at the uh the open at st andrews this summer and i did the same thing on 18 there crossed and you got the huge yellow scoreboard in the background and just kind of sat there and, and gazed at that and mm -hmm. thought about mm -hmm. what it was like looking at the bridge and everything it was it's it's pretty surreal to be able to be in that position and be able to experience it and it's it sounds like you had quite the day Oh, I mean, and it was just starting too. I mean, it, yeah, I know you're only seven holes I mean, in. I'm dragging George all over the golf course. You know, he's like, you know, I'm I'm used to just sitting somewhere and having some beer and watching golf. It's like, you know, following you is becoming a full time job today. It's like, you know, George, I kind of warned you that this was going to happen. I told you I was going to walk the course, and I wasn't kidding when I said I was going to walk the course. I have a once in a lifetime opportunity here. I'm going to physically see every hole. So, you know, we continued on to eight and eight was eight step par five that kind of hooks around. So at this point, I'm thinking, you know, George needs a break. But this was actually the first time we we went into the bleachers and sat and watched for about an hour. Okay. And the the hole that day was just tremendously difficult. Um, I, at one point, I, Jordan Spieth was, was playing through and I did a hook him and he gave me the, the hook him hook him sign back. Yeah. Um, and I think it was um, it was uh, Kevin Stadler, not the Walrus, but the son of Wal Walrus, who had the best shot out of that day. I think he he hit, he hit a shot to like within maybe three feet and was able to, to to put in the putt for the eagle. But otherwise, I mean, no one was eagling that hole, and there were very few birdies. And you know, that, in a par five at Augusta, you got to make birdie on there if you're going to win the tournament. And no one was making birdies that day. No, but it was also there that I was experiencing for the first time, the Augusta roar, because we were walking around, you know, puffing and puffing, you know, going up and down the fairways. Cause you know, it, it, it was a taxing walk. So, you know, it was, it was nice to just sit in the bleachers for about an hour, but every now and again, you'd hear the roar. 
and you go, someone made birdie <laughs> or someone. And you could tell between a, a birdie roar and an eagle roar because an eagle roar was. And you could just I mean, it would, it would echo throughout the golf course. And it was, you know, you hear about it on TV. Um, you can actually hear it on TV, but to actually be in person and hear it live without, you know, without anything else going on. I mean, that that kind of sent chills. I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, so you've you've given uh, George a little bit of a rest. Very, very <laughs> important to, to treat your your host appropriately. Um, and then after about an hour or so, you're back on the go. You're going to go see nine through 18, I presume. Um, I think as we were walking to nine, we saw Tom Brady. And okay. uh, so, you know, you know, a little bit of stargazing um, didn't go up to say, I mean, I'm, I'm not big on, you know, being a sports writer. I'm not big on going up to athletes and saying, hi, you know, I can just see them from a distance and that's fine. I don't need to talk to them. I spent a career talking to them, so I don't need to talk to them now. Sure. Um, so, you know, it was, it was funny to see them and the weather was just beautiful. I mean, there were, it was, it was low eighties, no humidity, slight breeze, big puffy clouds. I mean, it was just, it, it was like a painting. I mean, the entire the entire atmosphere was 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 like a painting. And there's a spot, and I think it was on the nine T, where you're right in the middle of the golf course. So it's like a, you can just kind of do a panoramic view of everything. And you know, and I and I spent a little time taking that in. You know, standing there and actually, you know, turning around in a circle like I was, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and you know, just 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 picturing it all and taking it all in and thinking to myself how lucky am I to be here at this moment right now? And it was, you know, it, it, it's still, I mean, even talking about it now and it was nine years ago, I'm still getting, I'm getting goosebumps because <laughs> it was, it was, it, it, it's easily one of the top 10 greatest days of my life is, yeah. is that day. Augusta. Probably should have started with this question, but nobody ever accused me of being a good journalist. Um, <laughs> when is your first recollection of, of really, you know, being a, a fan of of uh, the Masters or oh, that's golf easy. in general. That's that easy. Grandpa Martin. Okay. Grandpa Martin would sit in his little den uh, in his small house in Detroit watching golf. So I would sit with Grandpa and watch golf, and that's how I learned to get my, – my, my, my dad was a golfer, but my dad really wasn't big on watching golf on TV. Mom actually watched more golf than dad. Um, and, you know, in those days, you know, it was just for some reason, the Masters, everybody watched the Masters. Oh, sure. So, you know, moving day on Saturday, you know, and then the, the the back nine, on, you know, on Sunday, that's where the, you know, the the, the tournament really begins, um, you know, sitting with grandpa watching it. And, you know, and, and I learned from him, you know, that's where I learned what the difference was between a birdie and an eagle and a par and a bogey, because he would explain it to me. And, you know, you, you just watch and take it in. Now, we're not old enough, Doug, and, and maybe you have forgotten about this, but you were mentioning about how we used to watch golf on these little TVs, you know, maybe color, maybe not. Well, remember, Ernie Harwell used to announce on the radio the Masters. So Did we're he? not that old that remember that, but... You know, that was where Ernie got one of his starts, one of you know, in, early in his career. He did that, I believe, before he became a baseball announcer. Because he was he was working in Georgia doing the the I think it was the, the crackers. The crackers, yep. Yeah, the crackers. Yeah, the Atlanta so little, crackers. Little little piece of trivia there on 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 old Ernie Harwell, but yeah, sitting with Grandpa watching golf, and then then it became a passion for me, and I started playing. 
then the more I played, the more golf I watched on TV. And, you know, I mean, my life has been, I, I was raised in a sports family. I mean, ending up as a, as a sports journalist probably, you know, isn't anything surprising um, coming from my environment. Um, you know, everybody played, everybody played softball or baseball in the family, you know, mom, mom and dad still golf on occasion, not as much now. I mean, I mean, they're 81, they, you know, it's hard for them to get around a course, you know, dad, dad's got a bag of woods. He's got a 11 wood, a 15 wood, 18 wood. I mean, that's all he hits is woods. He goes here, watch, watch me hit my 15 wood from 150. <laughs> oh. Okay, dad. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, I just started, you know, it started getting a passion for not only watching on TV, but also playing the game and growing up in Michigan. Um, just we have so so many fantastic golf courses. I I didn't appreciate Michigan golf until I moved to Florida. Now Florida has its country clubs. Mm-hmm. Florida also has Bermuda grass and water everywhere. And you know, there's not a lot of trees on the courses. You know Michigan. You know those up north courses at Boyne and Garland and and uh, treetops uh, and the Bear and Traverse City. I mean, I took that for granted. And I miss, we would go up every summer and play four days, you know, and some, you know, rotate around those courses. And it was, you know, it was, it was the highlight of my summer. And, you know, I, I truly, I truly miss playing the game. Like, you know, we had mentioned earlier softball eating up all my time. I mean, that's why I don't play golf now because softball has literally eaten up all my time in the 17 years I've been in South Florida. Perhaps it's time to step aside, although I'm rooting for you to get to DiMaggio's 56 at least. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm knock on wood. You know, I haven't, I've never had any major injuries in, in my playing career. I mean, I've, I've taken softballs off the lip, off the face. I've fallen and broken my job. Um, most of the injuries are to my head, which everybody says, well, that's not the important part of you anyway. So, you know, you, you'll survive. Oh, with friends like that, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> So at any point when you're when you're walking the grounds, do you have a moment to think about Grandpa Martin? Um, you know, that's funny. I don't think I did because I was so in tune with what was going on around me. I really wasn't thinking about anything outside of Augusta National. That's a great question. And no, I I, I don't think I did have a, any recollection of family while while I mean, I was I was so absorbed in the moment. Well, and understand, understandable. Playing, playing the mythical round of golf in my life, you know, uh, on each fairway as I'd cross it. Um, you know, any any thoughts as to what you know he might have thought of that moment for you? Oh, he would have been jealous as hell, just like you are. <laughs> he he would have loved to have been there and seen it in person. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So you know there is an, an end on a Sunday. There there is a, a champion crowned. Um, I believe it was Bubba Watson that year, if I'm not Bubba, mistaken. Right? That but, was his second win. Yeah, but but tell us about how the rest of the day unfolds. Where do you spend the latter part of your of your day there? After after leaving after leaving the the middle of the course, you know, we went to Ten T, mm-hmm. and this is where the, there's a, that's a huge drop going down the Ten T. And so, you know, we started dragging George around. We started going down there. And George says, come here, I want to show you something. And he goes, what? He goes, and so he takes me to the spot where Bubba made that shot in the playoffs to win his first Masters. And I'm standing over the area, and I'm I'm looking the shot over, 
And 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 Dougie, I mean, you can't even see the green. I mean, you're about, I think it was like about 180 yards out. You're deep in the foliage. You're on straw. Um, you know, branches blocking everything. I mean, he had to hit the most severe hook because he was left-handed just to create a shot. And he hit a shot that wins the tournament from that spot. I bet if he stands there and hits that shot 99 times again, he'll never hit it better than what he did at that moment. But it was just cool to be standing there right at that spot thinking, oh, this is where that shot came from. Yeah, very, very. That's a wonderful. George was thinking. He was not only, not only did he get you in the sight, he was also, (laughs) he had some thoughts too. That's good. So then we know we went down to, um, you know, we started going back to Amen Corner because, I mean, we're we're, we're right there. Um, We spent about, I would say maybe 15 minutes at Amen Corner. The, 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 the problem with Amen Corner at that part of a Sunday, well, actually, I mean, the entire back nine was getting crowded. I mean, patrons were everywhere. It was 10 deep. It was, it was starting to get hard to actually see the play. Um, but we, we, you know, we saw, we, I, I forget who it was, but someone dunked the ball into the creek. Um, and yeah, I, I forgot to mention this, but I, I, wore, my, I wore my Michigan jersey or a Michigan uh, polo shirt, and I had my Michigan cap on, and I got a couple of dozen go blues as I'm walking the court. So it was, you know, it was nice to be in in in, in the heart of Dixie and you know hear a few go blues as I walk by. So you know we're we're hanging out there, and then uh, then we we started going to the uh, 13th green, you know, the round the bend, you know, the the first of the 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 two par fives on the back, and that's where I put something in my pocket. In fact, I think I have it here. I took a pine cone <laughs> and I still have the pine cone from Augusta national here in my, in my, in my, my, band, in my house. But, you know, I, I looked at it, I go, well, no one's going to miss a pine cone if I put it in my pocket. <laughs> oh, well, I, I was nervous. I was like, I was like, am I, am I being watched? Are there cameras out here? But no, I mean, I just, I wanted to take a little piece because it was, when I say every piece of grass and every pine straw and, and every pine cone, I mean, it's it's like they went out there and laid it all out perfectly. And it was just immaculate. I mean, there there was no ugly piece of grass on the entire course. So, you know, we, we were around 13. I think that's where we saw Bubba come through. Um, I forget. I forget if he made. I think he did make birdie on that hole. But he had the tournament well in hand in 2014, if memory serves. I mean, it wasn't close. I mean, there was no there was no thrilling finish. It was just it was more of a coronation coming gotcha. down yeah. the last few holes. Um, then went to 14, which yeah, 14's been my least favorite hole watching the Masters all my life, and it was my least favorite hole walking the golf course because it's just a boring hole. <laughs> There's just not much going on there. Uh, then, the, then, then the fun part, we, you know, we, we went around to 15 and then we actually got to sit in the bleachers at 16 green. Now, when you're sitting in the bleachers at 16 green, you can see 15 green, obviously all of the par three, 16 over the water. You can see the 17 T box. So I mean, you're, you, you can get a pretty good idea of, you know, you know, what was going on, you know, just sitting there watching and taking. And I think, you know, it was, it was time for George to have another break. You know, George is, George is a little bit older than I am. So, you know, 
needed needed to give George some time. So I think we sat there for about half hour, 45 minutes. Um, and that's what the first player of Sunday came through. I mean, it was Larry Mize. And he was just, um, what do you call that? Oh, he was with a, he was with a pacer. Like he was yeah. the first first off the tee, and you know he came through. You know, was, he got he got a play uh, applause, and then you know I got to see Bubba Watson and Spieth put out at the fifteen green and 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 strike their sh- uh, shots at sixteen. Um, that's where that that's where uh, Bubba secured the tournament by by clearing the water at sixteen and putting it on the green. You know, and not dunking it in, and you know from there it was just you know a cakewalk. But you know that that those patrons, they love Bubba. They love their Southern boy, and sure. you know you, you get a lot of Bubbas in the crowd. Go Bubba, go Bubba, and Bubba. You know he would, he would acknowledge the crowd. Speed. I mean, I'm I'm surprised I got to hook him back from him because Speed wasn't very personable. But you know the rest of the round when I saw him, but Bubba, Bubba was eating it up. And it was fun to. Watch. It wasn't Jordan's day either, if memory serves. So no, I think he. I, yeah, I think he he may have dunked one on the par fives. If if memory if memory serves, I don't remember seeing the shot, but I think that's what happened. I think he dunked one because I think it was just a two man show at that point, and that kind of ended it. Um, Butler cabin, did you get a chance to? I see did. That? Um, yeah. There was a moment. But it was more after the tournament was over. That's yeah. when I needed, you know the the Butler cabin and Magnolia Lane. They're all kind of near each other. So that's where I was kind of, you know, taking in my moments there. Um, Butler cabin is smaller than you would think looking at it in person. I mean, it really is a, a tiny cabin. I got to look down Magnolia Lane, you know, that was cool to look at. I, I, I got to stand on a tee box at the par three course and, and hit a mythical shot, of course. And this one I put on the green and made the putt and I made and I, and I birdied the hole. I, I had heard you aced it. I'd... No, 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 didn't ace it, didn't ace it. Um, uh, there was a funny moment in the bathroom. I'm not sure I should share this one. Uh, oh, why not? You tell me. You know. you, okay. Um, you know, as you know, the, the bathrooms are busy because, you know, you're forced to drink two beers at a time. So, you know, <laughs> uh, and, you know, there was, and there was a bathroom attendant. Okay. And the bathroom attendant yells out, one's open, one's shaking, and one's winking. Oh, boy. <laughs> and we're like, Okay. <laughs> But you know that that was kind of a funny thing that happened there, um, but yeah, I mean, just what a wonderful day it was, and you know we were there from sun up to sundown. Um, after we left the course, got got my shirt, got my got my master's shirt that I'm wearing right now. Mm-hmm. Got another master's t-shirt while I was there. Um, we went to dinner, a uh, little restaurant, uh, you know, on Main Street in Augusta, uh, in Augusta. And, you know, just took it all in. And, you know, just what a wonderful day it was and a wonderful experience. And we did we did get to see Bubba's coronation around 18 green. But, you know, at that point, I mean, you're 20, 25 deep. And, you know, all you can see is the top of Bubba's head, you know. Didn't get to see the traditional hug with the caddy and, you know, the, the flag and all that. We didn't hang around for the for the green jacket. I figured I had tortured George enough on the day. Sure. Plus, um, I wanted to see, you know, the butler cabin and, and other things on the way out. Any um, idea how many patrons are in? How, how many do they allow in on a on on a tournament day? Do you have any? Idea? I, I don't know, but I never I never got the sense it was overly crowded until the end of the end of the day 
when you know when when everybody you know when when you start yeah. moving everybody from the front nine to, and everyone's going to 18 green you know it's going to get a little crowded yeah that that was the i guess the gist of the question did it did it feel as though you were at a, at, a, at, a, at a Michigan football game on a game day Saturday. No, it was nothing. <laughs> it was nothing like that. Nothing like being a sardine in the Michigan stadium. Um, no, I mean, it was, it was comfortable walking around until the very end. And that's when, you know, a lot of, a lot of people were, were gathered in one spot. Sure. Now you, you referenced that you, it was a bit of a sleepless night the night before, probably like the, the kid expecting Christmas morning, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Good description. Um, yes. What, what was that night? Then when you when you got back to the room, I just sleep. Are you kidding? <laughs> well, two beers at a time will do that to you. After after about ten beers, a meal, you know, we we probably walked three four miles up and down. I mean, we were exhausted. And I, yeah. I if memory serves, I think we went back to the hotel, crashed, got up early, and started driving home. Yeah, would you do it again? In a heartbeat. Okay. Absolutely. No question, I would do it again. And for the for the schlubs like me, who are not as personable as you and don't always strike up a conversation <laughs> with a with a little you know yellow uh, U.S. and red flag um, on on the lapel, um, should I continue to to put my name in the lottery that they have every year for the public One schlubs like me? One day you're going to get drawn, Dougie, but you know it's who you know. I would I would somehow try to make a friend of someone who has lifelong Masters tickets. And be able to, oh, I, I was able to keep my badge too, which they, they I wasn't allowed to do. I, I shouldn't have done this, but they allowed me to keep my master's badge that I, that I wore yeah. while, we, while we were playing. Um, well, that's very cool. The, uh, I still have the pairings here because they hand out, you know, a pairings list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they have like a, like a list of all, you know, everybody that's playing that day. But I, yeah, I was not supposed to take this off the ground. So Ooh. don't tell anybody. <laughs> if any local law enforcement are listening today yeah. <laughs> i'm pretty sure the statute of limitations is up on that it may have been, you know, it's, it's been a number of years now yeah yeah but so you would go back you say absolutely would oh, you definitely. now now if you go back would you maybe have a different mo um and, and not maybe try to walk the entire course again would you possibly um, go to a certain location and try to hang there to see as much golf as possible or is it more yeah, the event for you still I would I would hang out at the fifth hole, the par three. I would hang out at number eight again. Absolutely hang out at, at Amen Corner. And I would try to get into the bleachers at 15 because I think from the bleachers at 15 green, you can see 16 as well as the 17 tee box. I'm not sure I'd camp out at 18 for the day. I know that the, some of the patrons do because they want to get that front row seat for that moment at the end. I would think that that's a waste of time because you're only going to see, you know, one hole and, you know, just a few shots coming in. I would rather walk around and, and target four or five holes like I just described. Sure. Do you, um, can you compare this to any other, and I know that you didn't really call it, you tried to refrain from calling it a sporting event, but it is in fact a sporting event, but can you compare it to anything else that you've had the, the good fortune to be to um, a live event? Um, well, not counting Michigan football at the big house. Um, I've never been to a Super Bowl. I've been to a couple of Tigers World Series games, and those were thrilling. Um, went to the Michigan football game last year down here for the national championship semifinal. 
although Michigan was horrible that day against Georgia. Um, I mean, those would really be the only things I could compare it to would be that experience with football and, and a World Series game. Uh, oh, I, I, I did go – well, I've been to an NBA Finals game with the Pistons, and I've also been uh, – you know, it's funny. I was at the only Lions playoff victory of my life. I forgot about that at the Silver Dome against the Cowboys. We went together, didn't we? I think we went together. Did we? We may – maybe we did. I have a recollection of being there, and I'm pretty sure that I went with you, but I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, we've seen the only Lions playoff victory of our lives, Dougie. We have. Uh, and... I mean, I don't think anything that I just told you reaches the level of being at Augusta National. Yeah. That was That's the pinnacle of sports viewing of my lifetime. Yeah. Is there anything else that you could – think of that you would like to get to that you haven't had the chance to get to yet that you think might come close to rivaling that you know i get to things like wimbledon you know since that's international and you know it would be exotic to go someplace you know i i I really wouldn't care to see a u.s open or an australian open or even a french open but wimbledon i mean i've always had a, a more of a passion for that tournament than any other tennis tournament um, I've heard Super Bowls attending them in person aren't really that great to attend in person. So I'm not sure I really want to go to a Super Bowl game. Although if the Lions are ever in a Super Bowl, yeah, I would like to be there for that. That would be the one exception I would make. Because um, because the end of days are near if that happens, right? <laughs> the world will end if the Lions make it to a Super Bowl. Um, other sporting events, I mean, nothing that I can, you know – Maybe a World Cup or maybe a soccer game at at, uh, the, at Mexico City. Uh, with that, what's that huge stadium down there that holds oh, like a stadio, whatever? Yeah, yeah. It's not, not a million people. I I think it's, it's, it's over like hundred thousand. Yeah, I hear the atmosphere there is just uh, is just off the off the chain. Yeah, um, that that's really the only things that come to mind. Okay, I mean, I'm not sure I really would enjoy an Olympics or any you know anything at the Olympics. I, I can't think of anything that would compare, but no, I mean, Augusta national was, was the pinnacle, not sure oh. anything would pop it. And you know what? I am beyond grateful that you decided to spend a little time with us talking about it today. This was great. Thanks Tim. And, and I've really enjoyed reminiscing about it. Thank you, Doug. Well, and we will talk to you soon. I hope, and, and hopefully uh, you get another crack at it and you get to go and spend some time at the uh, 15th green and, Maybe well, spend I a little time on the fifty. If I have an extra badge. Well, if you if you wrangle <laughs> an extra badge, yes, please let me know. Thank you. It would be my honor, Dougie. Take care, Tim. Bye bye. Conversations with sports fans is a production of the Sports Fan Project. Our theme music is fittingly entitled "Wooden Championships" by Lobo Loco. Please visit our website at thesportsfanproject.com for more information and to contact us. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with other sports fans you know and invite them to give it a listen.